Welcome to Conversations for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and this is the start of our fourth season of this podcast and also the beginning of our 20th year in operation. So I thought, who better to join me today than the fabulous Tina Lundquist Faust and Tama Lundquist, co-presidents of Houston Pet Set, longtime leaders of this organization. Thank you all for being on this side of the conversation. <laughs> um, I, I'm excited to talk about, well, everything today, but we're, we're kind of at a, a really exciting crossroads for a bunch of reasons in Houston. We have a new administration here in 2024. We're celebrating our 20th year. We have some big, exciting goals. We have a big soiree coming up this year. So we have a lot to talk about and get excited about. Um, but I want to, before we look forward, I want to look back a little bit. Um, we don't often get to sit and just sort of talk about the history of Houston Pet Set and what has brought us to this point and what has changed over the years. Because 20 years is a long time mm -hmm. and a lot has changed in the landscape of animal welfare in Houston. So um, to start, you know, what are some of the accomplishments and, and talk also a little bit about the history and how we've made these accomplishments. But what are you most proud of? that Houston Pet Set has accomplished over these last 20 years? Because there's a lot to be proud of. Might be hard to pick one thing. There is. Um, what are we most proud of? Probably the fact that we've been able to advance the cause of animal welfare in this city. There are a lot of great philanthropic um, endeavors, causes in Houston. A lot of the social scene is wrapped into philanthropy. But when we started doing this, animal welfare was almost virtually non-existent, except mm. for the, the great cap. Um, you know, Houston Humane used to have a gala. And then, of course, the SPCA's always had a gala. But other than that, I feel like um, animal welfare was kind of non-existent. And I feel like we've helped advance that, the cause, mm -hmm. not just for PetSet, but just in general, mm -hmm. and talk about how... Houston is so different than a lot of cities in the U.S. and in the world in terms of the animal welfare crisis that we face. So I think that's probably our, in my opinion, our biggest accomplishment. I don't know if you have something yeah, that different. Was, <clears throat> my first thought, too, was just getting this on the radar of city leaders, state leaders, uh, philanthropy, et cetera, just mm -hmm. getting this issue out there as a legitimate cause and putting numbers and data behind it mm -hmm. so that people know it's not just it's not just about the fluffy animals. It is about the fluffy animals. We domesticated them. We have to take care of them. But it's also about quality of life and making this a, an issue that Houston has to face. And I have to bring up, too, the fact that we've worked in legislation, mm -hmm. passing two major bills in the last four years um, for yeah, last two sessions, four years has is a is a huge accomplishment mm -hmm. yeah. thanks to our partnership with THLN. But we know Houston people, Houston philanthropic people, um, some of our supporters, and their push behind some of the legislation helped get these bills passed. So oh. I would say that is a huge and and the ordinances too. Absolutely, local, county, state, yep. all yep. of that is important. So. You, you talked about the galas and the soirees and, and not everybody may know that Houston Pet Set started as really just a fundraising yes. organization. And the focus was let's get everybody in a room, celebrate the animals, raise money and then distribute it mm -hmm. to our partners. So once upon a time, that was it. Yes. And now, 20 years later, we have our own programs and services mm -hmm. here. So, I mean, do you think 
Do you think that has changed kind of in concert with how the landscape has changed? Do you think you're pushing the changes a little bit more in Houston? And 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 I guess talk a little bit about, about how the needs of the community have shifted and how Houston Pet Set has kind of navigated that. I, I You know, you're right. Houston Pet Set started out as just a granting organization. We had no employees. It was all volunteer, no office space. You know, it was really a... A, a brilliant idea mm-hmm. on the part of the founders. Um, and um, through the years, we've seen the need to strategize. And I think that that's important that we fill the gap. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of great rescue groups out there. There are a lot of people doing really important work. But for us to kind of fill this space between supporters, um, philanthropy, um, needs on the streets, the shelters, the ordinances. Um, I think that that was really important. What was the question? <laughs> I was just going to ask that honestly, too. Honestly, <laughs> it was a long and winding question. I, I think uh, really what I'm getting at is it started with this very narrow focus of fundraising. And over these 20 years, we've taken on these programs yep. and these services. And a lot of that has been in response to yes. natural disasters, right? health crises, things like that. And and it, I, I will say from a point of pride, I think Houston Pet Set has been really adaptable yes. in those situations and, and been able to sort of step back and say, OK, fundraising still going strong. We still do that. Yeah. We've had our biggest year ever in, in 2023. But what else can we do right. to serve the community? Yeah. So maybe what would be interesting is to hear a little bit of, of how each program kind of yes. came to be as mm-hmm. the needs of the community changed. I think in 2022, 2012, you and I were on the streets and it was like a light bulb moment. We are not going to solve this. Well, number one, we needed to solve it because we realized all of the work going into this and the problem wasn't getting better. And then we said, well, let's solve it. We're problem solvers by nature. And then we said, we can't solve it without having the data. So that was a turning point for Houston Pet Set. And we went through strategic planning and we built six pillars upon which we focus and work and always go to those six pillars when we get questions from the community, when when an organic thing happens that, that we're called upon, um, does it match our six pillars and what mm-hmm. does it fit under and, and what should we do? But yeah, the programs really came about organically, transport because of Hurricane Harvey um, and uh, spay and neuter because of our great friends at Fido Fixers mm-hmm. and just a chance meeting with somebody at a at an event. And they said, do you know about Fido Fixers and connected us? And we like, yeah, we need spay and neuter. So now we offer free services to the community. Right. You know, um, advocacy came about because we know that changing the laws will change the people. If we can't educate, we have to legislate. So that was super important to us. And collecting data, data collection, we have to show why this is an important cause for our city, for our community, for our state. Um, When we've got millions of people suffering because they cannot safely walk on the streets because there are packs of animals running, that's a quality of life issue. It's not just an animal issue, now it's a people issue. And, and also our community service, you know, mm-hmm. that that is really important, too, whether we're helping owned animals um, in the community, you know, helping pay for vet services. Mm-hmm. It costs far less to provide veterinary services for a dog or a cat than it does to run it through bark. Right. And then um, the cruelty yeah. has been really important, too. And to your point, it has been organic. And 
not just organic, but I feel like divinely led. Mm -hmm. And we do pivot. We are an organization that's not afraid to, wow, a great opportunity comes right. along. And we've been blessed with so many great opportunities. Uh, just, you know, we have to pinch ourselves someday to even look back at where we started and where we've come. Um, it's almost hard to believe, but again, divinely led and the opportunities that have been presented to us and having a team that's willing to jump in and pivot. And so many angels, so many yeah. angel donors seeing the needs and supporting us. And, you know, from the from the $1 donations to the very large donations, everyone is appreciated because we know the love that comes from that support. And it means so much to us. It's really what keeps us going and motivated. Yeah. And it it's, says something to me, at least, that there are some donors who have been there since the beginning, yeah. who have been donating to Houston Pet Set because they see the results of their donations. Mm -hmm. They see the fruits of their labor, of our labor, which not, you know, sometimes you make a donation and you don't know where that dollar went. You don't know if it actually made an impact. But with such a, a fairly hyper local focus, Houston Pet Set is really able to show Yes, you donated this money mm -hmm. and this is exactly where this money mm -hmm. went. Right. And here are the results. I oh, like our data collection yes. because we can look and we know that with the 440,000 that we granted last year mm -hmm. to rescue groups, we know how many animals were touched. We know how many people were touched and rescue groups were touched. So I like that data collection that we haven't always done, but we really strive to do now in, in turning this in you know, bringing science into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's where the programs are important. You can measure data, you know, spay, neuter, where are the majority of our um, animals coming from? Mm -hmm. What zip codes um, do they have other animals at home? You know, all that is so important. Um, and it's, it's, um, it never, it, it's always driving what we do mm -hmm. really it's driving what we do and on the flip side if we see something that we've been working on either there's no longer a need mm -hmm. or it's not where we can focus the majority of our mm -hmm. efforts or we're not being efficient enough with our dollars it's okay to say someone else is doing that doing a great job let's focus on what mm -hmm. we can do really well yes. and there's a benefit in us being in programs mm -hmm. um we have learned so much through our spay neuter through oh, our yes. transport through helping animals in the community from it, it's we couldn't do what we do. We couldn't help in legislation. We wouldn't be as effective if we weren't skilled in the programs that we're running right now. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a really um, there's you can't measure some things. And that's one of those things that's immeasurable. If and, I were a legislator and I had someone talking to me who wasn't actually doing what they were talking about, right. I wouldn't take them as seriously. Yeah. Exactly. I was going mm -hmm. to say that it drives our conversations mm -hmm. yeah. when it comes to legislation and when it comes to um, looking at who's going to lead our city, our county and our state. And so if we have that information, we can talk intelligently about what the needs are and who's really serious about solving this problem. And it, it, it helps us a lot, and especially when we go to the city and the county, we, know that we can we can tell them this is what's needed we can tell what's making an impact through our rescue groups and and houston pet set programs this is making the big largest impact now let's get you on board to do the same thing and back to data collection we know how much it costs average to spay neuter a cat because we're doing Male, it. female yeah <laughs> dogs we know what it takes to do it in a mobile unit we know what it takes to do it in bricks and mortar transport cost per animal all of that 
it continues to drive solutions. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're different. That's why Houston Pet Set is unique mm -hmm. because we are focused on solving this. And some people have laughed in our faces. You know your names. Um, <laughs> watch no us. No shade, but we know who you are. Just watch us because we will solve this. Yeah. We will get to manageable populations in our lifetime. And we're building an organization that has that will be sustained, you know, through our, our new um, young professionals program, young executives program, all of that. It's its building a, a business, truly. Absolutely. I want to shift gears slightly. <laughs> and I know you've been talking about this for the past year, so you can just rattle all of this off without even thinking about it. But you did recently accomplish an incredible feat with the release of the documentary for the animals. Um, and it has received international acclaim, which for a tiny little group in a big city, but in a small community of animal welfare, that's a very big deal. So I'd love to hear, you know, we know that it was an emotional experience, but I'd, I'd love to hear what you feel like you learned through that process. And, and if you plan on doing anything like that again, again, we both are emotional yeah. about that. I don't know yeah. why. I know. I, th I think it was a process. I think, I think it was so cathartic in a way, yeah. like years of, of trauma that we know the rescue groups take on much mm -hmm. more than we have, but, um, Going through that process and being on the streets was just, oh God, it was just so hard and yeah. all the emotions that it drug up was difficult. And yeah. we, I think the rescue group had the same reaction when they saw it, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it was, hopefully it was a little cathartic and, and hopeful, giving them hope too. I, I think, again, it's one of those divinely led things that just, we had wanted to do a documentary for years and the way that it came about with meetings of two women that did a documentary on human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way that it all unfolded was really divine. And again, it's one of those things that happened because we're the right place, the right time. And someone was looking out for us, whether it's our dad or God or angels or whomever, but we can't take a lot of credit for it. We really credit the filmmakers, the um, uh, Sid Holly, Anabuti, Marcus, Makayo, the street feeders, they are the ones that made this story interesting. And um, yeah, we're very proud of it. 50, it's been viewed in 56 countries. The trailer's been viewed by more than 150,000 people. We just, um, we were on the long list for an Academy Award in the documentary category. We just found out that we've been selected to um, um, be a DVD. Wow. So we just found that out this week. <laughs> How that exciting. Of all yeah. the movies that are documentaries that are out there, they believe that there's a need for us to be in Walmarts and mm -hmm. um, Best Buy, Target, places where you buy Amazon. DVDs, Amazon. Yeah. So our movie will be available for purchase. So, well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the little engine that could, yeah. you know. And, and I know just we mm -hmm. talked about, you know, there are so many follow-ups to the stories of the specific right. stories that happened in the film, but also the larger plot line of what's yeah. happening in the city now that we've got this new administration. Because you you talk with then state senator John Whitmire, who is now our city mayor. Yeah. So there's a whole other storyline to follow because now he has the power to do things locally here at yes. Park. So 
are you, you know, exclusive? Are you planning on doing a, a part two or are you working on something else in the documentary world? We actually are. Fabulous. We actually are. Yes. It all came together, thankfully, before the podcast. Because I'm not sure what the answer would have been before, but TBD. now. Yes. yes. But now we can we can say that we have a plan, a pretty solid plan, an outline of what the next few months, years look like and that there awesome. is a follow up. And we will begin filming very shortly. Um, we've got to. We've already started filming. We have started filming. Yeah. yeah. And um, we've got a timeline, et cetera. We also have screenings going on still and oh. still have requests um, internationally to show this. And so, yeah, this is the little engine that could. It hasn't it just died down talking. yet. No. And mm -hmm. we're so we're really so excited yeah. about the next the next movie because we learned so much along the way. And Tina and I were just kind of at the mercy of the filmmakers and Marcus, the videographer who was brilliant. And, you know, we just did our thing and they did theirs and it came together. Mm -hmm. But I feel like now we've all learned a lot and yeah, we'll be back out to talk to the street feeders and, and keep these stories going. So we're okay. so excited. I know so many people, I think the feedback that we saw locally and even, you know, branching out, but people working in animal welfare was they finally felt seen and heard that somebody was telling their story yeah. that they have been living out for years and years and years and been ignored by local government, yeah. been ignored. And so this took their story and it was the everyman in animal welfare, mm -hmm. which is very, very important. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm glad you brought that up because of all the screenings we did, we did L.A., Minneapolis, Austin, London. The, the scariest one for us was Houston mm. because it was local rescue people, people on the streets, experts in this field. And we were so nervous <laughs> for them to see us. Plus, we had had three hours of sleep yeah, because oh. our flight was delayed coming back from L.A. Oh, and we literally God. went home, slept an hour, changed. Yeah. And, and showed up and yeah, basically awake for 48 yeah. hours and had to buy different tickets thank god for our friend rob that got us tickets out of denver it was a nightmare anyway <laughs> yeah we were not going to miss that yeah. one but we were most yes. nervous about that one because we have so much reference for the people that are on the streets doing this hard work i don't know how they do it every day i don't know how their hearts have stayed intact yeah and we those are the people that we respect and we love and we we did it for, truly. It was so hard, I remember. Yes, being so afraid. And did we do right by you was yeah. basically, did we do okay? Did we tell your story? Yeah. Did we capture this in the right way? Um, it wasn't about us too much because we really wanted it to be about the animals. The mm -hmm. filmmakers insisted that it be about people too. But, um, you know, like Tina said, they... It, their opinion mattered the most. Yeah. Seems yeah. like it was a, went over well. Yes. <laughs> so thank goodness. Yeah. They approved of our, um, cap our, our <laughs> rescue of, of Oz. I was like, Oh, they did not approve. They just said you did. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got him, which was the point. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, the, and that, that was another result. thing about doing the film, just being vulnerable. Like, yeah, yeah. we don't know what the hell we're doing sometimes. <laughs> I mean, in so many areas, there's imposter but syndrome you just, everywhere. You put yeah. yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're talking ahead, you know, about this documentary, which is so exciting. But when we're looking at short term in this coming year, our 20th year of Houston Pet Set, what are what are some key goals that you have 
for this year. And you can, you know, I, I, I do want to tease our soiree a little bit because we have our yes. date. We have, we're, yep. we're going to make announcements soon about everything. Um, but we also have legislation focuses and mm -hmm. we have fundraising focuses. So what are, what are some key goals that people can look forward to coming from Houston Petset? I think fundraising, we yeah. intend to raise more than ever before. It is our 20th birthday, our 20th soiree on um, September 6th. So Pat Green, Pat Green. Yeah. This is an exclusive. We had this. Okay. So, oh, did I no, just, no, 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 this is the timing is perfect. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything if we didn't want to share it, but we Look do. Look at her head over so, there. What's your name? Head of. <laughs> <laughs> this is exclusive here on Conversations yes. for the Animals. We have a concert for our yep. soiree this year. We didn't want to, you know, not. I'm not saying the other forays haven't been amazing, but we wanted to do something extra special. So we're having a concert mm -hmm. and we're having Texas country superstar, Pat Green, mm -hmm. who is coming. He's an animal lover himself and he's coming to join us, which is going to make it a, an extra special vibe. I yes. think. Yes. Yep. Still going to be love that he's from Texas yes. because yeah. it's about Texas. It's about Houston. I think our auctioneers are also really fabulous, yeah. internationally known. They're from Texas. So mm -hmm. we really wanted to keep it central yes. and also recognize another little right, recognize some yeah. key individuals in the in the city yeah. who have made a difference in animal welfare for yeah. Houston pet set. So it will be the biggest and the best. We're so excited. We're, we'll be back at the Post Oak. Yes. Of course. We love it such there. a phenomenal venue. Um, talk a little bit. You teased it. Talk a little bit about the the individuals we're going to be recognizing. We're this is a, I think this is the first time Houston Pet Set has done this type of honoree mm -hmm. for a soiree. So it's our, our 20 for 20. Yeah. So it, give us a little, little a few details about what that's going to look like. We wanted to recognize those who have shaped animal welfare. Um, so many came before us. Mm -hmm. So many important people helped pave the way for animal welfare in Houston. And so what we are doing this year is the 20 for 20. We are recognizing 20 people who've been most influential in Houston um, in terms of shaping how animal welfare has, has gone. Yeah. And I just had an idea, so Ooh. don't let me forget it. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Well, make <laughs> well, a you note remember? This make moment. a note. No, that's why I'm <laughs> telling you Keegan guys. Keegan is going to help us. You're going to remind us. Who there are enough brains in this room that it's we can for remember. Number eighteen and nineteen. Mm. Eighteen and nine. Okay, perfect. Because we've we've asked a few individuals in the community. We've gotten. Yeah, us. we're still yes. filling out our twenty for twenty. So if I anyone know. wants to do something it's amazing or list. nominate someone, or nominate someone. yes, please nominate somebody. Mm -hmm. We are we are working very hard and diligently to pick the people who really have shaped Houston Pet yep. Set and mm -hmm. thus helped uh, the rescue groups and the rescue groups help the animals. So, but yes, we're open to suggestions and. I have an idea. <laughs> well, and what two, I ideas. two ideas. Two ideas. You know, one well, idea for two spots. Okay, yeah. For two. Okay, perfect. What I love also is that it it runs the the gamut. Who we're honoring. It's not yes. just the people who have donated the most. Mm -mm, it's not. No. You know. It's we have people who are part of rescue all the way up to people who have made yes. immeasurable financial impact. Yeah. And so, um, personally, I am just excited for us to start sharing these names because these are people who. You know, like you said, they've helped shape Houston Pet Set, but by by degree, also everybody within mm -hmm. the city of Houston. Yes. Well beyond. Well yeah. Put. Yep. Very much so. Okay. So my favorite last question to ask is where you get to get a little bit creative, which is the blank check question. When you work in nonprofit, there is no such thing as a blank check. But if somebody said, I will give you as much money as you need to solve something, what would you put that money toward? What would you do with me? Unlimited um, funds. 
Unlimited funds. And it can be multiple things. Yes. Of course. I would, I would look at our pillars, our mm-hmm. six pillars. And I think there's three areas that I would choose to really focus on spay and neuter mm-hmm. advocacy, even though we can't advocate because we're a 501c3, but we can help shape laws, public policy, etc. I think that's those two are super important. And then the third one comes from my heart, and that is helping families and rescue groups in the emergency fund mm-hmm. category, because we really do know how dogs, pets, any whatever pet it is, mm-hmm. become a family member. And sometimes the expenses of that family member become too great for a rescue group or a family to um to take on so i love that we're able to support these families and these rescue groups with emergency funds thank god for our angel donors who believe in that in that cause too yeah i i I will say personally that's one of my favorite things that we do is helping owned pets because traditionally in the past if somebody couldn't afford vet care they were pressured to surrender that pet to a rescue or to a shelter the only humane thing to do since you can't take care of that pet Mm -hmm. is give it up yeah. And I'm so grateful that we, I think Houston Pets Set has really led the way in changing that narrative to say, well, if this person loves this animal, that's a home. They're in a home. They yes. have a home. Keep them there. Right. Yeah. And if it means that we can save that bond, if we mm-hmm. can keep it intact, I think that is, that's, that's my favorite yeah. thing that we are oh, we're able to, to do know. for the I community. I didn't know that. I love that. I think it's wonderful. I, I have to say too, it's probably the hardest one mm-hmm. because it's the call that comes at midnight yep. and a dog's been hit by a car and we've got to get team members out of bed to discuss the best vet. We've got to get payment to them. We've got to discuss how the dog's getting to them. I mean, it is one of it, the toughest yep. categories yep. and the one we put the most time into but uh, it's the one we can't say no to. Well, and, and the money that goes into um, saving street animals, mm-hmm. too. We use the funds yep. also to save. And, you know, Caleb, you can <laughs> tell the story Caleb. of Caleb. Yes. We just couldn't take it anymore. I'm yeah. in a meeting at it was a meeting at Brasserie 19. I swear <laughs> there were drinks involved, but it was legit. Drinks happen at meetings. <laughs> it still works. It's the only way. <laughs> Sometimes, but, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, left that, had to walk out, called you, mm-hmm. called Anna Barbosa. We got to get this dog off the streets. He will freeze to death. Yeah. And you jumped in. You and the volunteer, volunteer of the year, of the year. <laughs> Bill, <old> Bill. <laughs> go out and pick him up. And, you know, yeah. that's how it's done. But nobody realizes how much time goes into each animal. And that's not a complaint. That's a that's a that's that's factual it's the that's, reality, it's the yeah. reality yeah. and what we would do without the volunteers and but to your question yes. do you want to talk about caleb at all oh, well i will I'll, I'll give an update so if anyone missed the caleb story on our social media he's this just the sweetest i think he's got probably some american bulldog in him big 80 something pound yep. street dog that you picked up that i managed <laughs> to lift don't two, skip two tries. It, two tries. It actually <laughs> took more than two tries. I just edited it out of the video because he wouldn't stand up. It's really hard. It's, it's, I don't, I, I hate the word dead, dead weight. weight yeah. But yes. dead. Yeah. 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 He didn't, he didn't, it's not, he didn't want to go. He just didn't know how to be lifted up. Yeah. Um, but he crawled, we put him in the trunk, the trunk. I have a hatchback. We put him in the back <laughs> of my car. Good clarification. I didn't want, no, we're not closing him in the trunk. Um, and Bill, who is my boyfriend, was going to sit in the back to kind of keep him back there. And that dog, that all 80 pounds of him, squeezed through the little bit of space of my back seat and the ceiling of the car 
to get onto his lap in the back seat. Oh. And he rode the whole way asleep in his lap while I drove, which was very distracting for me. Don't drive distracted, but I was trying to yeah. get pictures at stoplights because it was so cute. Yeah. Um, somehow this dog who had had a life mostly on the streets, we think he may have potentially had a home at one point because he was pretty much house trained. He knew how to walk on a leash. He had basic life skills, um, but he had a pretty hard life. He had a bone infection um, from probably getting in a fight with another dog. Uh, according to the vet, the biggest fleas she had ever seen in her Oof. life. They were like mutant fleas. So he was completely anemic. Um, and he was, he was fortunately for our street feeders, he was not underfed. Um, he was getting food. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Dion, who was feeding him regularly. And now he, because he has a little bit of, um, I don't want to say separation anxiety, but he really wants to be with people. So we we managed to find him a place where he could stay, where he wasn't having to be in a kennel. And the trainer who he's currently staying with was having a really hard time saying no to keeping this dog. She loves him because mm. he's such a wonderful, loving boy. So he's just one example of these animals who it takes an actual yeah. village of people. Yeah. And everyone kept asking us, and this part breaks my heart, but there were like six or seven other dogs that we didn't pick up. I know. And the reason we can't is because we have to have an outcome for yeah. every one of those animals we get. Doesn't mean there's not a plan trying to be put in place, mm-hmm. but the the moral of the story is there just aren't enough people, mm-hmm. places, dollars being yeah. Yeah. contributed yeah. to this problem. And that's a perfect example. We could only get one yeah. of those eight right. dogs that she's been taking care of. Well, and, and we got him because he was severely he was injured. injured. Exactly. He was, and he was. The yeah, other ones it, were I mean, very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Dion yes, Wright. Thank you, Dion. <laughs> but so, I think, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that's why our focus is on street animals. It's about working in the shelters, mm-hmm. you know, making sure they're running efficiently. Mm-hmm. In the best. But we've got to take care of the street animals. Yeah. And it's feels like a wrap-up statement, but the the situation on the streets has never been as bad as it is right now, even though there have been hundreds of millions by the the nonprofits going into this and tens of thousands of volunteers. It's never been this bad, but we've also never been so hopeful. So hopeful because of the leadership that we have now, because of Bark and how they're operating, because of people recognizing this problem and saying, yeah, we want to do something about this. Yeah. Can I answer the yes, question? Okay, please. cool. I'm not ready to wrap up. Um, <laughs> if we had a blank check. Oh, that was check. the question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> blank check. All your points. Exactly. Spay, neuter, the community service, um, advocacy, mm-hmm. all of that. Cruelty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need a cruelty center. But I would, going back to being five years old and telling my dad that I wanted to have a dog farm, which meant a dog sanctuary. I think that would be my blank check because we have so many older dogs mm-hmm. and I would take the older ones, the sick ones, the the ones that don't get adopted, the ones that get euthanized in the shelters or die on the streets mm-hmm. and have a sanctuary, have thousands. A nice you know? place to go that's safe and warm. And yes. Peaceful. I'm going to add to my <laughs> we so can just spend ha- the rest of the time talking about things, what we want yeah. to buy with I our have money. Three things, but the fourth is bricks and mortar. Mm, okay. Houston Pets that really needs yeah. a bricks and mortar yeah. to operate from and to really work efficiently. We work super efficient yes. right now. I mean, we squeeze every <laughs> every. What did um, Sarah said something the other day? She'll squeeze ten cents out of a penny. There you go. I love that. So yes. we squeeze ten cents out of a penny, and um, so. But the bricks and mortar would help us be more efficient and 
and streamline so many processes. Mm -hmm. And so bricks and mortar. We have bricks any angel donors yeah. out there who want a building they want to name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> bricks and mortar an for spay, neuter, wellness. And then yeah. bricks and mortar, we've talked about it for the cruelty. Yes. Those cruelty victims need a place to go. Yeah. Yes. They need to decompress. They have trauma, you know, yeah. and we need a centralized and we could have a whole. Can we come back yeah. and sure. talk about cruelty and yes. talk yeah. about yeah, yeah, we would love that. and and also the emergency cases, yes. which often fall under cruelty, but yeah. the emergency cases. So when you went and got Caleb, mm -hmm. you had an outcome. You yes. had somebody who said, "I'll take it," because we can't just keep dogs in our cars, mm -hmm. and we we're all full. Our houses are full, yep. and so for the first time, Houston Pet Set has had to say no. And I would say it started about a year and a half ago. We could always say yes, but for the first time, we're saying no. But to have a place and say yes every time, mm -hmm. say yes to those other six mm -hmm. dogs that got left right. on the street and bring them into this bricks and mortar, mm -hmm. it would help solve this problem. Yeah. See, you're good at those wrap-up statements. We'll just leave all the wrap-up statements to Tana. <laughs> um, I think it would be wonderful to come back because there are so many different things mm. to talk about, not just Houston Pet Set, but animal welfare in general. Yeah. And, you know, we, like we said, we're very hopeful for this year. It's a, it's a good year to turn 20, I think, um, because we have this nice, we can put a nice little bow on everything we've mm -hmm. accomplished thus far and we can look forward and say, okay, now what do we do for the next 20 years? Yeah. Well, hopefully not 20 because we'll have it solved well before then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to not have to be in existence that far ahead. Um, but in the meantime, we can be excited about a, mm -hmm. a new documentary feature yeah. coming from you two and our soiree, which tune into our social media. We're going to have great announcements about details and everything coming up soon about yeah. that. But save the date, September 6th. Mm -hmm. 2024 at the Post Oak Hotel. Thank you both. Uh, you have the busiest schedules. Coordinating this is <laughs> a challenge, but we did it. And I'm so glad we were able to get y'all in here yeah. because I think wow. th there's no better way to kick off 2024 than by looking back and looking forward. Yeah. So thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you everybody for tuning in. This has been Conversations for the Animals and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.